Hello and welcome to today's episode when logic is illogical and why magic exists. How juicy. We are going to be addressing the behavior of over-intellectualization or as I like to call it, toxic skepticism. And this is when people hide their ignorance behind the guise of logic and then assume an intellectual superiority complex in order to compensate for it. And I'm not saying that these people aren't smart. It's just that Mm. there is an element of ignorance that they are burying and they're overcompensating by over-identifying with their logic in order to just bury any sort of doubt that may reside within (laughs) themselves and this is dangerous because it promotes closed-mindedness which cuts you off from experiencing the more mysterious elements of our existence the things that we can't explain Mm. that we don't yet understand and perhaps we never will that's true when you have that belief system where the universe is fixed and the world is fixed and everything is the way it is and that's just the way it is and unless it can be proven by logic it didn't happen when you have that belief system you aren't able to manifest a situation where something wildly mysterious happens and it's unexplainable through logic so what you're doing is you're contradicting uh the old statement that goes your belief determines what you see Mm. when you really delve into that one you start to see that it's literally not the other way around. Your, your p- toxic skepticism is I will believe it when I see it. Yes. It's the reverse of that, right? Your belief determines what you see. So if that is a fact, which to me it is, but if that is a fact that people are missing out on so much magic and it's just, it's just sad for them. I think this is a really interesting thing to explore this concept of what you believe is what you see and Mm. I want to talk a lot more about this but I do want to address that I personally believe that this type of mentality comes from fear as a lot of our questionable and negative tendencies tend to do because with accepting and admitting that there is something that you don't know you are acknowledging the unknown and fear of the unknown is one of the most prevalent things in our society because I think that so deeply ingrained within our subconscious is this idea of we are in control. We have built this society we live in with laws and rules and regulations, things that we can you know, we, we can't see, but we can interact with that govern what we should do and how we should act. And it's so deeply ingrained that anything that pulls us outside of this really concrete surrounding shakes us up a little bit, makes us scared. And so we want to feel like we know. It's funny how subconsciously when you feel like, you know, you perhaps cut yourself off from experiencing the kinds of things that you might be scared of as well for example i.e if you don't believe in ghosts right um then you're never going to see a ghost Mm. but maybe you're terribly scared of ghosts at the same time which i believe would be quite common yeah i totally (laughs) agree and what an interesting self-protective mechanism Mm. that is when you think about it maybe this is so much more reptilian than Mm. we really know for sure Mm. dude for sure (laughs) so what 
let's let's talk more about believing and seeing mm. because in the scientific world everything is a theory until you can prove it mm. and i always like to acknowledge the fact that so much of what we say we know is still based on theory for example mm. the big bang theory muscle contraction theory we can observe as much as we can and we can hypothesize as much as possible but at the end of the day we cannot say in any concrete sense of the words that we know what is going on here mm. and i th- it, it, it has been said that the greatest scientists of all time acknowledge that i think i've said this before whether the further out you zoom or the further in you zoom the more you realize you just get to a point where it's like, oh, I get this and I get this and here's the pattern and I see this and I see that. No shit, we know nothing. Yeah. Because if you just go far in or out enough, it's just... It's extensive. It's extensive and it just stops making sense because it's just too small or too big for us to understand. Mm. And this is why we can talk about science and magic in the same conversation because some of the best scientists of our times were magicians. And if you really think about it, in my eyes, science is just magic that we've put words to. Or found a definitive way of replicating. Yes. Yeah, totally agree. I totally agree. A lot of the scientists who shaped modern science today were big believers in magic and even astrology themselves. I believe Isaac Newton used to study astrology extensively and a few other kinds of magic but i forget which ones i have to read about that the interesting thing about magic and science is that a lot of it's now being proven there are many books you can read that actually prove esp all kinds of psychic ability unexplainable things that people who are say toxic skeptics would just flat out deny or or label under, I love this one, it's hilarious to me, label under a blanket term called pseudoscience. Mm. When the scientific method was measured extensively by doctors and you can read thoroughly about these experiments, but they'll be blatantly ignored when the results are indicative of something beyond, something unknowable. They might even put the term outlier on it. This one person is just a freak, an outlier, leave it like that and then move on, and then it didn't happen. And no, it fucking happened. You, you were there. You read about it. It's happened. So now that we know it's happened and we're not in denial, now what? It, it's, it, this is really interesting, the whole pseudoscience argument, because to get a scientific study published in a journal, first and foremost, and then secondly, for it to gain any traction, the results mm. have to be significant. The study has to be conducted in a very strategic, methodical way. And there is levels of science or scientific research studies where it's the lowest form of evidence or the highest form of evidence being randomized controlled trials and 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 you're right the science is there science conducted by reputable people under reputable circumstances i.e the government of the Mm -hmm. united states and many others there are studies on yes uh, extrasensory perception how mass meditation can influence environments on a on a broader scale yeah, how people coming crazy. together to yeah. to meditate can reduce um it was crime crime rates what, like 60 something percent which is i mean if that's not significant i don't know what it is that's huge yeah that is 
ridiculous. And so I want to ask you, toxic skeptics, 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 (laughs) (laughs) why do we get to pick and choose when science matters? Because this is what starts to shit me. Mm. When if I have experienced something in my reality, which you haven't experienced, who are you to tell me? that it is not real. If I have experienced something by the side of somebody else who experienced the same thing, who are you to say that what we experienced isn't real? Mm. Who are you to say that that study is pseudoscience, but the one run by Big Pharma or Nike to sell their shoes or any other big shot, high money corporations isn't? Why why do we get to choose? I would like to add that I believe it comes from a guilty until proven innocent attitude, Mm. which in itself is also toxic. But to assume everyone's guilty until they're proven innocent, you're doing something pretty brave right now. You're saying, I think you're insane or else prove it. Prove Mm. to me you're not. You question someone's sanity before you question whether their experience was real. And what's more likely? Someone to be clinically insane or have schizophrenia or something, or to have maybe had an experience that couldn't have been explained and it's that simple. What's more likely? Really think about that. Odd to me. Really, really odd. And just a little side (laughs) note tangent that I like to talk about semi-regularly about schizophrenia is that you know, oh. <laughs> he's like, yeah, she said this before, but there, we cannot prove that schizophrenics are not experiencing what they say that they're experiencing because it is real for them. It mm. is impacting them, their nervous systems, their physiology in a very real way. Mm. And, and, and think of it this way. We as human beings can only see a certain percentage of the spectrum of light. We can only hear a certain percentage of the spectrum of sound mm. there. We, we can't pick up on electromagnetic and whatever they called frequencies. We cannot see thermal, you know, whatever majiggies. But <laughs> my point is that there are animals, there are plants, there are insects that can. They communicate on wavelengths that we cannot pick up or understand, that we can only maybe sometimes measure and even sometimes then we still don't understand. Mm. Um, and sometimes we can't measure or pick up on it at all and we just don't know how it works. For example, corals. Um, very broad examples, oh, but it's a thing. A, some cool examples there. Yes. And and that's the beauty of science. There's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't know. So who's to say that that isn't magic? And and magic is such a blanket term because Mm. I think magic can be a little bit of a juju term because it's just, oh, we don't understand it, so so it's magic. But again, I want to reiterate that I think science is magic. I think the world Mm -hmm. is magic. And that's, that's why we need to start seeing them as inextricable from each other. Yeah, because it's inevitable before they, they merge. Yes. But the reason I brought up, you know, the spectrum of light and sound that we cannot experience is because who's to say that, for example, some sort of schizophrenic person or when you take mind altering substances or if you're a child who is not skewed by social values and constructs or conditioning, that your brain 
you know, can be wired a little bit differently. You know, your circuits can be scrambled or they can be just set a little bit differently than the rest. And who's to say that we can't pick up on that stuff? Mm. Who's to say that you can't train yourself to be more open to things that we perhaps once were open to. And because the thing is, energy and magic and esoterica and ritual and religion this stuff has been in existence forever for literally ever and who are we to deny a whole population of the earth just because we have science now it discredits everything else yeah or have we just yeah or have we just hyper focused on this new thing oh science oh electricity and electronics and just forgotten the rest and place place less of an importance upon the rest and finally why is it that we only um accept mystical teachings and mystical experiences under the doctrines under the roofs of churches, under the doctrines of religious teachings, you that's know, because that's a whole other discussion. That is a whole other discussion. Yeah, which I do wish to get into. We certainly should. <laughs> Why? Why is it that mystical experiences happened through religion or happened through psychedelics are different, and one actually happened and one actually might not have happened or would be discredited? It's confusing to me. It's really confusing. I mean, there's a lot of debate regarding the original the og mystical experiences and how they came to be and perhaps considering that you know i don't i can't talk about religion as if i know that much about the the intricacies of the stories but the whole burning bush thing you know was that a real experience or Mm. was it something experienced on mind altering substances and if so does that make it any less of a real experience and we need to think about when magic and ritual and these sorts of practices and ways of thinking got swept away and got discredited was it Yes, it was when the church (laughs) rose up in its power and authority and assumed its place as a a sort of dictatorship with the Mm. way society should be. Is it, you know, if you're practicing your own ritual and your own magic and having your own experiences with medicinal plants and within different cultures and rituals and whatnot, then you are not going to come to me and give me your money and think like I want you to think and become a slave to the system. And and you can't be controlled by Mm -hmm. me. Exactly. What if I tell you what mystical experiences you can have? What if you don't even have these mystical experiences anymore? I don't allow them. Because I don't allow them and only I can have them in front of you and put on a big act, maybe, possibly. I don't think it's always an act, but it could be. Yeah. Makes me confused because of, say, witches being burnt to a stake Mm. for magic or for what they call witchcraft, which is essentially magic, something unexplainable, something that's beyond normal, at least at the time, and perhaps even now for most people. And I don't know how many thousands of witches got put to death, but it was a lot. (laughs) It still happens in a lot of places in Africa. Yeah, Yeah. man. It's quite unfortunate to, to think that people who are practicing texts that are perhaps as old as the Bible, if not a little bit newer, they're just practicing even older, perhaps. I, I really don't know the dates, but these texts go so far back and they're just different doctrines of belief. And when you follow those doctrines of belief, you end up with different outcomes. 
And for people to practice that and then be killed as a result of some kind of outcome, it's just awful. <laughs> it's so awful. Two things from what you said is, first thing is these these practices are partaken in to produce an outcome and they do produce an outcome. Mm -hmm. And this is why this can be, you know, air quotation marks proven. This is why people do these things. This is why this is a worldwide phenomena where, which has been practiced through culture and culture and by people. And even in the modern day, why magic and ritual and intention and manifestation and all of this type of thing is a thing because it produces tangible outcomes mm. that may not be replicable to those who are not willing to see, but to those who are willing and who put it into practice, they produce an outcome. And is that not science? You know, it, it, it totally is. It, I mean, it's it a totally type, is. It, it, I mean, magic is science. That's what I'm saying. But <laughs> secondly, just, just quickly, perhaps tying off the religion conversation. I also do believe, and I know deep in my heart, because with Eastern traditions, this is certainly true with Hinduism and Buddhism, that magic is inextricably tied to the religion, to the mm -hmm. religious practices. Yeah. Um, look at Judaism and, and Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. And, and why, why is religion practiced in the modern day in such a powerless way by the masses? Because there is a way of engaging in anything that you believe in, in the magical way or in the submissive, scientific or sort of powerless, bland type of way. And, mm. and whether you're a scientist or you're a Christian or you're a, a Wiccan, you can find the magic in anything that you do, provided that you allow yourself to believe so that you can see. Yeah. Let's talk more about that. Believing yeah. so you can see. What does that mean? That means that when you allow yourself to believe in something without... Um, being dishonest to yourself when you genuinely believe in something only then can you see something that's how I believe the law of attraction works that's how I believe uh, people have seen ghosts actually see ghosts all kinds of mystical things not including potentially mythical things but also potentially including it as well I believe so <laughs> there, are, there are thousands of people around the world who claim on their mother's grave that they see Santa, that they have seen Santa Claus flying go. through the sky yeah. with his reindeer. And who who are we to discredit thousands of people? Yeah. Because they can't all be, you know, clinically insane. That's shit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then on top of um, people being discredited, the, the thousands of people who have seen UFOs, people who who in hundreds of people at a time have reported to have seen the exact same UFO at the same time of day and all have matching descriptions. Even children who have no reason to lie when you're five years old, not a school bus. These things exist. Yeah. And if that's not science, if you're looking at that as, as an experiment and going, actually, every single variable is lying, so it's wrong, then you're ignoring... Not only are you ignoring people's truth and absolute truth because it's been fact-checked by hundreds of people you're also a dick and you're scared <laughs> you're so scared it's yeah. so it's so yeah. clear and that's the thing it's like all right all right that happened to you but prove it it's like 
that's the thing. Or why do we discredit reality if it can't be replicated? Mm. Because some things cannot be replicated. You know, some flowers only flower one time a year. Mm. Maybe these things happen once in a hundred years. And if you mm. can't replicate it in the moment, it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. What's interesting about the belief to see thing is that in quantum physics, this has been proven to be a thing where there's a scientific experiment run where depending on what you test for and man i'm gonna shred this but (laughs) i'm doing my best but they get particles of light and they want to see how or like particles i don't know how they how they move or what what they are are they are they uh, is particles light or is it something else okay i'm telling you i'm sorry i'm gonna butcher this but depending on the way that they run this experiment if they beam it through these little holes in paper or whatever these little tiny little microscopic holes then these particles travel through the paper in a certain way and so therefore ah they're a physical thing they're 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 matter Mm -hmm. but then if they do something else to it then if they test for the other thing like oh okay so this this has proved that it's matter but let's test to see if it's light but then if they test to prove that it's light then behaves as light Mm. but they cannot test for whether it is light or and matter at the same time they can only Mm. test for one or the other so when we are believing that the particles may be light then they are light but when we are believing that they are matter they act as matter that is cool and that is literally thought form influencing reality that is depending on how i choose to see my world my world is going to behave in response to that you can look this up i didn't make that up that wasn't pseudoscience i just explained it really badly but hopefully <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it made any sense but but that's literally science is starting to bring it together this is Good. this is the this is the basic level fundamental understanding of the way you think about things or the way you act or the 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 things you believe in mm. can influence your reality because it is responsive mm. and everything you put out creates an outcome so if you are constantly putting out no 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 i do not believe this is not real there is nothing more than what we know then reality is going to respond to that and be like yes exactly there is nothing more than what you know none Mm -hmm. of this is real Mm -hmm. there is no such thing as magic there is only things that you can prove and that have already been proven Mm. but if you are like myself where i'm super open-minded and i'm like i believe in everything I'm just waiting to see it. And once I see it, I'll know it's real. And if I don't, then maybe it's out there, but I just haven't experienced it yet. Then there's, it's way more likely that I'm going to see wiggy shit, that I'm going to experience amazing stuff, Mm -hmm. that there are going to be experiences that are beyond my understanding, which happens on the regs. Mm -hmm. And that's just a part of my reality because that's how I carry myself. And wouldn't you rather that if you had to choose, wouldn't you rather life be exciting and mysterious? Yes. I would. Yeah. Well, to add to your point before, the experiment of thoughts influencing what you're seeing, there's also that um, the two glasses of water one. Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting one in itself. I've str- that's uh, Just to put it out there, I personally, on my own, have struggled to find the papers that that study are from. I'm pretty sure I have the book. Okay, I'd love to see yeah, it. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Okay. I, I have a book that talks yeah. about that study and okay. displays the whole process. but. Yeah, anyway, it was really fascinating um, because exact same concept there and proven in a lab and tested under a microscope and vastly different outcomes based on the thoughts that were projected at the water. So people haven't heard it. One had thoughts of hate. 
projected at it and one had thoughts of love projected at it. Then it looked at the structure of the water under a microscope and they saw that the one that had love projected at it crystallized really beautifully. Like a geometric sacred Yeah, pattern. exactly. Yeah. And the other one crystallized in a weird sort of unsymmetrical, random. almost random distorted looking yeah. pattern. Fascinating. Really cool. Water can be intelligent. What else can we influence with our well, thoughts and our mind? I don't think that's mind? necessarily water being intelligent, but it's water being responsive. Responsive which to is our the intelligence. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you and I do it all the time. Mm. We do it all the time where we call each other out on this. Mm. He, I got called out on it today, Danica. You seeing yourself as A, B, and C is creating circumstances where life is projecting that division back at you. Mm. You thinking of yourself in a critical way is creating situations where other people are acting critically towards you. So it's Mm. going to come back and bite you in the ass. And, and so if you are one of these people who is sitting there like, nah, nah, you're talking shit. I mean, congratulations on getting this far in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But are you happy? Are you satiated? Do you thirst for more? That's a good question. Yeah. Because what is life without exciting, mysterious things? If life is everything you know, that's fucking boring. Yeah. Why not be excited? You know, there are people who don't reveal their baby's gender until it comes out because who everyone likes a surprise <laughs> and to some extent. I don't know if I'd do that, but, you know, you get the idea. It's just a surprise. It's something out of your control that excites you for the moment or whatever. And I personally, when I was growing up and struggling with my mentality, I always felt like there was something missing until the magic came into my life. Mm. And that is, I always felt that something was missing until I opened my mind up enough in order to allow the magic to present itself to me. And boy, did it do so in some crazy, crazy ways. Yeah. And me too. <laughs> so much, so so many things I, 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 I can't explain. And so, and so much, um, so much variety of experience yeah. that can't be attributed to science as I understand it right now. Perhaps someone out there could explain it to me, but so many experiences. And that's the excitement I love. I, I, that shit fuels me when it happens, when anything of that caliber happens. I just get super excited. I, I just know it's inevitable before science can explain this stuff. Perhaps this stuff has been in books about magic from thousands of years ago. But when it happens and uh, it's outside of today's science, it's so fun. <laughs> well, I, 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 there, of course, is a science to it all because it mm. operates under a certain cosmic law. Yes. And there are schools and teachings which have attempted to put words to these laws um for example the kybalion um which pretty much can be applied to both magic and science to both Mm. concrete very tangible reality to the most bizarre experiences of all time you can apply these really seven basic principles that are all encompassing And, and and so when you start to go into these Eastern philosophies and secret teachings and ancient practices and mm-hmm. rituals. Anything and esoteric. Anything esoteric. You can find meaning. It's not random. It's not all, oh my God, this happened and I don't know what it is. It's magic. It's like, no, there, there actually 
is underlying themes and teachings and communications that are constantly coming through. And you can understand which elements of cosmic law are playing out. I'm not going to say that I know what they are because there are so many different ways of saying mm. the same thing. Yeah. But think about the ancient civilizations. Think about the pyramids Think all around the world, the pyramids. Think about uh, Angkor, like the Angkor National Park, Angkor Wat, uh, the Bayan temples, all of the all of these crazy ancient temples um, built by ancient civilizations mm. that we today, my friends can still not freaking understand how they were built we cannot understand how these civilizations created these masses that have withstood through time i mean in sydney they build apartments six years ago and they're already crumbling like geez talking about science and technology i know it was a bad (laughs) example but just a little bit of fuck the government for you yeah yeah. (laughs) you're not but but um but really, so, and if you go to these temples, uh, the only ones that I've really been to that are on that caliber is I've been to Angkor National Park. I've walked through the temples and my guide was, he, he, he knew all the little ins and outs and he showed me and my mom and dad in a little group things that I cannot explain through any scientific means. Mm. Uh, if, if I I don't want to get too into the stories unless you think I should share, Jesse. No, no, but no. There's stuff it, people can research as well. It's stuff people can look into. Yeah. I've never heard about this specific thing that I experienced. But what I experienced is 100% inexplicable. And my dad is a man of science and he will swear that this... Uh, I mean, it happened to us and he has no idea how or what it means. Mm. And, and furthermore, there were... I mean, it's all been looted now, but on the walls, there was rooms for for gems that were placed in specific places, you know, crystal magic and like mm-hmm. inscriptions on the walls and all of these types of things that meant something because these people weren't barbaric. They weren't savages. They weren't idiots. They mm-hmm. had a functional society with technologies, technologies yeah. 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 without modern day science. Mm-hmm. And so what were these technologies? How did they work? They were real. They were real. That is concrete evidence. It didn't work in the same way that ours did because we've never found any microchips or wires. Mm. But they sure, there sure were monks. There was religion. There was meditation. Mm. There was spiritualism. There was esoterica. There were crystals and stones and elements mm-hmm. and the stars and astrology. So, man, this shit happened for thousands and thousands of years. We are just a blip in the human timeline. Yeah. And don't tell me that everyone who came before us were idiots and they knew nothing. That's bullshit because you just if 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 they're idiots, why can't you easily prove most of the things that are still to this day mysteries of the world? Yeah. The one person who I believe, one of many people actually who was onto what was going on back then, how electricity worked back then, Nikola Tesla. Mm. And when you look deeply into his life, you start to see how he could easily have changed the world. His technologies to this day can easily change the world if they're allowed. If they're allowed. And that's (laughs) what I was going to say. The amount of Mm. suppression. They're Mm. still burning witches, man. Yeah, of course. And and also what was uh, that mass burning of books that occurred? Oh, in the Vatican. Yeah, under the the Vatican Vatican Library. Yeah. Dude. I mean. Dude, two thirds of it got burnt? Yes. What were they trying to, why? Who burnt, what was the point? Did it, you don't, you 
you, no one just burns down a library. And if they do, well, they're pro- probably crazy, but there's usually an intention. And in the freaking Vatican, can you imagine the type of magic that was in there? Mm. Can you imagine? And so that's the thing. When you choose toxic skepticism, when you choose hyper-intellectualization, you are choosing ignorance to a certain degree because you are just closing your you are looking in one direction and you're shutting down your peripheral vision and you're saying nah to nah. so many <laughs> you're saying nah it's just yeah. flat out yeah nah yeah nah <laughs> fuck that you're saying you're saying yeah nah fuck that to occurrences that have happened time and time again you mm. are saying no it's nothing to suppression and manipulation yeah. i mean even the sacred texts the bible who's been translating that shit mm. men you yeah. know, men Not in reliable. power. Yeah. Is that, I mean, like, are men in power today reliable? Mm. Would you trust them with your religious understanding? I highly doubt it. Yep. You definitely would not. It would not be a good idea. One other thing I would add to toxic skepticists, skeptics, yeah. that's the one, yeah. <laughs> is that aside from potentially having a miserable outlook on life or an unexciting existence, um, It's also unscientific because, well, if you're someone who is passionate that magic doesn't exist, well, how many magic books have you read? How many of the ancient magic books have you actually opened up, read cover to cover and tried it out? Because if you're going to be scientific, if you're going to be elitist about science, but ignore the old evidence, well, then you're just purposely being ignorant. There are thousands of books about magic, thousands more than thousands probably so so many and unless you try on what they're talking about and leave your coat at the door and open leave your coat of 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 belief right now skepticism at the door and open your mind and sit there and try on the principles in any of those books or the ones that are popular or just the ones that sort of excite you or entice you a little bit unless you try that stuff on you're ignoring its potential and I think that makes for unexciting, an unexciting purpose. Amazing point. Amazing point. Because if you call yourself somebody who runs by logic, you call yourself a man or woman of science or whatever of science, and you only pick and choose what type of science that you engage with, you are so far from being a scientist. If you are going to, mm. with every fiber of your being, discredit some aspect of someone else's reality without trying it on, and I mean trying it on genuinely, then you ain't no fucking scientist. Um, I listen. <laughs> I listened to a podcast. I just found it. It is uh, the Tim Ferriss Show with Dr. Mark, Mark Plotkin, who is an ethnobotanist. He studies um, plants and culture, um, how different cultures interact with plants and plant medicines. And, um, his research led him and his work and his, and his time during his studies led him to working with some of the most revered ethnobotanist botanists in the world. Um, and he has these, I don't know about, I can't remember exactly where he graduated from, but, but you should listen to this podcast because I mean, you as in anyone listening, cause it's fucking incredible, but it's talking about, you know, modern day shamanism and, and the people who really first went into these places and immersed themselves in these experiences. It's talking about, uh, Schultes, I, excuse me if I'm butchering that name, but, um, 
who was a Harvard professor, extremely highly regarded, even now still is to this day, who is also, I mean, I don't want to call him a shaman. I don't know if he would call himself a shaman, but he and and um, Dr. Mark Plotkin went into these places, deep into the jungles and spent years, decades, I'm talking 10, 20 years with these tribes, learning from them. So these are scientists, they're Western, they're Harvard graduates, they're highly qualified, they're (laughs) highly regarded, who went into the freaking jungle. Do you know how hard it is to go into the jungle for two days, Mm, let alone 10 years, let alone 20 years? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spending time with cultures that you cannot even understand so far from your home. And what they came back with is stories of fucking magic, man. Mm -hmm. For example, shamanism. You know, um, Dr. Mark Plotkin went into the jungle with ailments that no physio, no chiro, no osteo, no um, acupuncturist, no Chinese herbal medicine is <laughs> no diet, no, no diet, nutritionist. no nutritionist could could help, could solve, could reverse or heal. And he went to what, what were the ailments, if you remember? Uh, there was one to do with his forearm. Like the, mm. there were so many forearm muscles, and if you kind of mess up one of them, like very specifically, if you mess up one of them, it's really hard to heal that one muscle on its really? own. He also had something to do with his ankle. Um, he injured it, and he spent. Like he, he had one session, never healed. He mm. had one session with the shamans that he worked with and that he trusted. And not only did they get healed there and then, but he had never had a recurrence of that injury. And if you've ever had an injury, you know, it's recurring, man. Like good luck <laughs> not having some shit come up 10 years later if you've botched any part of your body. So that we cannot explain. Sorry, I get really right. That's awesome. That, it's so, so, so exciting. So you're saying he actually got relief. He actually had uh, his ailments fixed for good. Absolutely. There are there is story after story. These people went in to do observational what, who, who studies. How did they the fix? shaman here, oh. applying topical ointments and and doing energetic work and. Yeah, it's just incredible. It's stuff that we'd call juju voodoo spiritual bullshit today, but but done by someone who knows and understands their own personal, you know, again, air quotation marks, scientifically based understand like the principles underlying the way that they practice they can do some real fucking magic Mm. they can that is their science that's the science of the shaman it is a science because it works it produces replicatable outcomes Mm. amazing i love i love when i hear those kinds of stories me too those there's so many of those kinds of stories when you really start digging for them um especially related to shamanism and also some related to dreams as well that I've heard of villages escaping avalanches and then one the one shaman would have a dream every night of which way to go to yeah. get to a place that was fertile where they could live and start the next village. And yeah, literally a dream would, would guide them to it every night. And I read that and I was just, what the fuck? Certain cultures <laughs> use um, Amazing. like psychedelic plant medicines in order to receive these um, like prophetic messages and dreams there so that go. they can um find the kill with the like for the hunt the next oh day so they can God. feed their feed tribe the whole village. and so and, and it'll lead them exactly to i mean again in that podcast um dr plotkin will give you an example of him himself experiencing that exact thing so who are you to discredit a scientist that's the thing and that's why i'm yeah. saying don't pick and choose when your science is science and mm. do not 
call somebody out on something that you have not tried. And by tried, this is the point I was getting to. I was like, why did I tell that story again? Because this is about immersing yourself in experience. Mm. These scientists did not go into the jungle and work with shamans purely to sit there and be like, oh no, you do you, I'm just going to watch. No, they wanted to be treated as one of them. So they took every every herb every plant Mm. every hallucinogenic substance they ate what they ate they lived how they lived they spoke in the way that they spoke they they immersed themselves in these practices you know what they were just being actual scientists that's that's actual. they were just being actual scientists they were just taking what they know and doing it in a different place yes and that's what a real scientist is that's it if i want to experience the outcome then i am doing everything that I need to do in order to experience the outcome. I am going to Mm. ensure that every variable has been checked off Mm -hmm. so that I can have the experience and therefore credit it or discredit it. Hell yeah. Love it. So just to sort of bring this discussion back down to earth, I want to emphasize that you don't have to have experienced weird shit in order to believe in magic and mystery and esoterica. It is so much more grounded than you think. So I want to talk about if you are a skeptic, if you have been closed minded or just closed off in the past for whatever reason, you know, conditioning, environment, whatever it is, and you are ready to open yourself up. How do you go about doing that? You use what you know as an in. For example, if you're a scientist and you've read books about science that are proven that you believe in, that you're passionate about, well, go and Google. What are the most uh, common, what are the most commonly read magic books? What are the most widely available um, books that have been translated into the most amount of languages? So what is, what is, that's, that's, that's the, that's my first recommendation is, is, Take in the information first. Take it in objectively. Look at it as this is just data. Mm. I'm acquiring data. And then the second thing I would suggest, and then I'm going to pass it back to you because I'd like to play tennis here. (laughs) (laughs) Second thing I would suggest is try and... Whenever you have a thought that is negligent of the idea of magic... Just challenge it. Be a real scientist. Challenge it. Am I projecting this? Is this because I have, do I maybe have an aversion towards this because of something that happened when I was younger? Or maybe I don't believe in this because of, it just seems like like bullshit to me. Challenge yourself. You should challenge everything. And you shouldn't believe something unless you've fact-checked it in your own way. I love that. I think that's brilliant advice because if you want to develop a new habit or change the way that you already think, you have to delve into your headspace. You have to go into your programming, evolve it, it, rewire it on your own. And so you really do have to watch the way you think and, and you don't even have to accept someone else's point of view, but don't close it off. Yeah. Don't shut it down ever. Just say, cool. I respect that. And if you have any way of sharing more with me, please let me know. Or maybe you go off on your own and do more research. Yeah. yeah. But I love also Jesse, what you, what else you said about using what you already love or know as you're in. Mm. Um, yeah. So if you are an extremely well-read intellectual type, then go read some books and Mm. go read stuff that was written by intellectual types, you know, because there's heaps of esoteric shit written by people who were really, really dry and dense, I can assure you. 
<laughs> if you are into yeah, that's true. yeah i can name some actually some, yeah. some, some were so esoteric and so dense that i couldn't even get through them but i finished at least three quarters yeah and um yeah it's dry yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as dry as reading a science textbook sometimes. it's literally just yeah exactly <laughs> if you like watching stuff watch stuff um if i mean yeah literally go on reddit there's heaps of cool resources on there um reddit uh I can't even recommend a subreddit at the moment, but go do your research. Um, also, if you are drawn to any one type of practice or religion or philosophy, look into it. For example, if you are a Hindu, what is Hindu magic? What are the sort of um, esoteric principles that underlie the practices of things like yoga? What does what is spoken about in texts like the Bhagavad Gita, you know, what can you extract from what you already know or from the things Mm. that you've already heard? How can you change your perspective to interpret things in a more intangible, magical, mysterious way? Mm, I like that. Pick up a deck of tarot cards, you know, that's another way to do it. Pull a card every single day and just watch Watch your day. So pull, pull a card in the morning, look at it, sit with it. What does it look like? What do you feel? And then go throughout your day, read about it if you want, but you can forget about it all day. Come back to it in the evening. Look at that card again. Keep doing that. Mm. Keep just, if you're wondering, and and then what? Just do it and you'll see yeah. then what. Yeah. <laughs> or if you only read about it in the evening and you're like, holy shit, this is exactly how my day went. What the fuck? Or I saw certain <laughs> symbols throughout the... I, I don't want to mm. put things in your head yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to... Because yeah. it's such a personal thing and it plays out in different ways for so many different people. But that's just one way of doing it. Little things like that, mm. you know? Carry a crystal that you're drawn to around with you and see how that influences your day. Uh, it doesn't necessarily do so for me, but for many people it does. So, so look at what you're drawn to and understand what, what you can do to actively, tangibly, productively engage in that practice. And also what are the principles and philosophies that underlie that and do some scientific Mm. research and try to find and create your own understanding. I love that. Yeah. I enjoy. love that. This is not the last we're going to speak of magic. Of course not. It is a huge part of our lives. Some texts I'd recommend as well that have opened my mind and evolved my belief system and also deepened it and changed my life in the most drastic ways that have helped me. Um, just general with philosophy is uh, the, the Prophet by Khalil Gibran. That's been translated into over 30 languages. Powerful book, very short, 120 pages, but very dense. <laughs> Every sentence would take a long time. And then um, the Kabbalion is mm-hmm. one that Danica recommended to me, which is fantastic. Am I saying that right? Kybalion, Kybalion, who knows? I have no idea. (laughs) K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N. That's interesting. As a scientist, the seven principles they discuss, in your own mind, try and disprove those. Apply it to anything, (laughs) anything in nature, in science. Mm, Apply it to anything. Fascinating. Yeah, it's applicable. Yeah. Great recommendation. Thanks, Danny. awesome. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, anything by Ram Dass or Wayne Dyer is Mm -hmm. magic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Some favorites of mine. Look into <laughs> manifestation. That's a conversation for another time. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be episodes on that for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> will stay tuned. Thanks for listening. I am excited for all the magic that you are going to call into your lives. And yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thank you.